podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am your host, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. And how's it going today, dear? Oh, not too bad. How about you? Good, good. It's Friday. Um, my job gives us half-day Fridays, so I'm pretty excited. Cool. My job gives me all-day Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you would... Uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you went into your own uh, lack of needing to be anywhere Friday and didn't just bag on me for how I've always had half day every day. Yeah, pretty much you do. Well, I should say I'm on duty um, as a puppy wrangler 24-7. You're on duty as the what? The puppy wrangler. Oh, puppy wrangler. I thought you said copywriter. And I was yeah. <laughs> like, hey, wait, where's my script? <laughs> nope. Uh, puppy wrangler. That's your job, huh? Full-time puppy wrangler? Full-time. Oh, okay. I, maybe I'll try and get some footage of you yelling at me. Let these damn dogs out! <laughs> I've let them out all day. That's right. So yeah, fall's here too. Got cold overnight. It sure did. They had uh, frost warnings last night. Fortunately, our plant, the Jesus tree, did not get. A, yeah, the Jesus. Affected. We talked about the Jesus tree before, right? Yes, we have. Okay. So yeah, the Jesus tree seems to have made it through that frost, but we got a we got a little rolly thing. We got to get that out there so we can start moving it in and out. Yes, we do. The thing for our listeners, it's like in a ten-gallon pot. I mean, it's a tree. Yeah, it's it's called dwarf uh, fig tree. And yeah, we've just got it in a great big pot, and in the winter we roll it into the house, and it grows and takes up an inordinate amount of space. Sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it does. And then uh, in the summer, we roll it outside to try to get it healthy. Because usually, at some point, all the leaves drop off, and it's just a big gangly mess. Yeah, it pretty much looks dead. And then before you know it, the buds come out. It's resurrected, hence the Jesus tree. I do like that tree. I, I'd like to get another one because that thing died off so bad that one time that I think the shape of it's a bit funky. It's all just big, long branches every which way. Yes. Get a new one, maybe see what a regular one grows like without it all dying off time after time, maybe. maybe. Or that really bad frost where it, like, lost major branches. Yeah, we did. We did. So that's probably why it looks funky more than anything. That's cool. I'm sure our listeners really give a damn about our Jesus tree. They do now. <laughs> the dwarf fig. Follow along, yeah. We'll, maybe we'll get the Jesus tree a Twitter account. <laughs> Burr, it's cold out here. Let me in. <laughs> All right, well, today we watched the episode Born Under a Bad Sign. In my notes, I wrote under a bar sign. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate if you were born under a bar sign. Yeah, that would really suck. No, Born Under a Bad Sign. Uh, did you look into that song at all, other than it was sung by Cream? No, I didn't. Oh, so we don't know what it's about, what the reference is or anything? Nope. Neato. Not at all. <laughs> we really researched the crap out of this show. We sure did. So, in the recap, I notice it is a very Meg hev backstory heavy recap. Uh, a little bit more of what John uh, John said about going dark side um, and Dean turning, I mean Sam turning evil and all that stuff. So, here's what I'm noticing about these backstories. Whatever that backstory is about, that's what the episode is going to be about. They really, I thought they kind of kept... The same general backstory, and we're adding and removing bits and pieces for the long story arc. But this is one of those times they're like, hey, if you've never watched this show before, there's these other characters and this other thing that happened that you'll need to know about in this episode. Yes, um, they do that. A lot of their recaps are specifically geared towards 
what the episode is going to be about. Like this one you mentioned, Meg, um, I put it was a demon-heavy recap. So you got to figure that that's what this episode may be about. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen it in the past where obviously they there's touch points on the episode in the recap. But I guess since this isn't a long story arc episode, but it is still a relies on past events episode, if that makes sense. That's how I felt. No, I was. think it is a long story arc episode. Okay. This is my humble opinion. MHO. <laughs> okay. Um, the episode begins. Dean is on the phone talking to Ellen, asking if she knows where Sam's at. Sam has vanished. Uh, Ren, he's on the phone with Ellen, though. Sam actually calls Dean, and uh, we don't hear the other side of the call, but we can just tell by how Dean is on the phone. That Sam is in distress and needs help someplace. And uh, the next thing you see is Dean takes off and goes to Twin Lakes. We just, I don't know what state this is in or anything. It's just a sign Twin Lakes 100 miles and he heads in that direction. I believe it's Minnesota. Uh, so Dean finds Sam in a hotel room. I yes. think it's a hotel room. Yeah. It was, like at first I couldn't tell if this is a hotel, a hospital, a mental ward, <laughs> an apartment. I mean, it looked like just regular ass apartments too. It could have really been, it was really nondescript. Well, the fact that you walk in the room and there's two beds. I mean, Well, yeah, once we, once the door opens up, I realize it's, a, it's an, it's a hotel. Um, but Sam is on the floor and he just looks out of it. He's just like dazed. He's got blood on him and he doesn't remember anything. Actually, when Dean walked in, Sam was sitting on the bed, but he did look very despondent. Um, yeah, he's like, has blood on him, and he's like, I don't know what happened. I don't think this is mine. And so Dean kind of checks him over and sees that Sam himself isn't hurt. So they got to kind of figure out whose blood this is and what could be going on. Dean finds out that Sam checked in two days ago, um, but Sam really has no idea what has happened to him. He has no memory. Um, yeah, he checked in on the name of Richard Sambora, and of course, Dean's funny comment, I don't know what's more disturbing, you disappearing, or the fact that you're a Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> I don't know. I like Bon Jovi. Yeah, well, Sam, though, is afraid, his worry is, um, what Dad said about him, like, yo, if you're going evil, like, or he's afraid he is going evil, because his dad kind of hinted that, hey... When he turns evil, you got to kill him, Dean. Mm -hmm. So Sam's worried that he's turning evil. Because the last thing he remembers was two weeks ago, he was in w West Texas. And the next thing he knows, he was in that apartment or that hotel room. Yes, and then Dean starts kind of looking around. Um, he notices, looks like blood on the window frame. Yep. So they decide to go check out the area, see what could be up. Yeah, go outside, look around. Uh, Sam thinks he was in a back alley. It kind of looks familiar. Uh, Sam points to a garage door, asks Dean to open it. It's locked, but Sam has the key in his pocket. And sure enough, that key works, pops it open, and they find a VW bug inside of it. Yeah, Dean says, oh, please tell me you didn't steal this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go snooping around inside the car. There's blood on the steering wheel and a Bowie knife, a half a pack of cigarettes, and their menthols. Good yeah. for the throat. So immediately I said, ha-ha, it was my husband, Dan. <laughs> He's the one that smokes the menthols. You do, too. I know I do. Um, yeah, funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They uh, they pull into a gas station. Uh, it seems like they're just wheeling around, and uh, Dean asks Sam if anything is triggering him, uh, hopefully, hoping that he remembers more of what happened. He really doesn't, but when they go into the gas station, the clerk freaks out and tells this crazy story that Sam was in the day before, drunk off his ass. He grabbed a 40 out of the cooler, chugged it, tossed it at the clerk's head, and walked out. Yeah, and the reason that uh, they were able to find this um, mini mart, whatever you want to call it, is because in the BW, when they found this, when Dean found the cigarettes, he also found a receipt. So he thought, well, obviously Sam was there. He got gas there. So he took Sam there to see if anything did trigger him. And, of course, Sam absolutely remembers nothing about what the clerk is saying. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like Sam at all. Sam is not a heavy drinker and prone to violence well drunk right no and he's not a smoker at all so yeah yeah and the the gas station clerk said he also smoked like a chimney (laughs) i was thinking how long was sam in the gas station acting like it was his own personal bar (laughs) for that guy to know that he smokes like a chimney or was he one of those guys that lights a cigarette and can smoke the whole thing in one draw (laughs) kind of like you I don't know. <laughs> My parents are going to listen to this and freak out. What are you doing? Oh, shoot. We're going to have to restart this episode. You keep the trash talk up. <laughs> no. um, so anyway, because the clerk won't talk while Sam's there, Dean sends him outside and kind of gives the clerk money, trying to find out where if you notice where Sam went. And he said, yeah, he... Um, Went north on what, Highway 41? No, no, wait, 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 wait. You're jumping ahead here. I'm sorry. Because there's an important topic here I want to discuss, actually. All right. So, yeah, uh, Dean sends Sam outside, so the gas station clerk calms down because he's on the phone ready to call the police. And uh, he's like, okay, okay, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Do you remember what way he went? And he's like, I don't know. He took a pack of cigarettes. I don't really remember. And... uh, so Dean's like, all right. He puts money down. He goes, okay, there. I paid for his stuff. He goes, well, I think he had two packs of cigarettes. So he had to pay him more money than what he actually needed. And then the guy's memory was jostled and told him right where he went. This happens a lot in movies where people get paid to remember things. Well, maybe people are really like that. I mean, I don't know any people like that. But... I have never been in a situation where I had to pay someone to remember a fact for me. How often does this really happen in the real world? This sounds... It's a movie TV trope that never, I think, really happens. Well, we just don't run around with the type of people that would do that. I'm, you know... I, I guess we're like, not involved in a lot of hijinks and heists, so... No, we're shenanigan-free here. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, maybe that's it. We're outside of the demographic for <laughs> people that get paid to remember things. I just want to make sure and brought, bring that up. That that thing happened here. The funniest time that that happened, Naked Gun. Remember that scene? Uh, no, I don't. Because, like, uh, Officer Dremen, I think that's the main Naked Gun guy... He's like down in the docks looking for info while the dock worker, like he's like, I don't know, 20 would help me remember. And then they just keep like, so then the dock worker gets the 20, but then like he wants to know something. So he ends up paying the detective. Well, then the detective wants to know something. So he, they just keep passing this $20 bill back and forth. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> all right screw off i know i i saw that movie but it's been so long it's um a, it was leslie nielsen that played the, the yeah. detective right yeah, yeah 
Yeah, so. it's a funny scene. All right. Well, everyone else out there that remembers it. <laughs> so they're driving away. By the way, uh, this is another one of those supernatural day instantly turns to night situations. Because they're driving away at night. And Sam tells Dean to drive down a back road. He, he recognizes that back road. Because they just left that gas station in broad daylight. That is correct. But we don't know how many hours they were driving when Sam thought he recognized that back road. They could have been out there. I mean, it could have been late afternoon when they were at the gas station. And they could have been driving for hours. We don't know. That's but you're true. right. It did go. It was daylight in the gas station. Then when he had Dean pull over on this back road, it was nighttime out. Yeah, Sam tells Dean to drive down the back road. They pull into a house. Uh, they get out of the car. The house is covered in, like, security cameras, lights. It seems to be very electronically monitored. No one seems to be home, but we can see that the alarm has been electronically bypassed. The boys go inside, and the whole place is a mess. Yeah, there's broken glass everywhere, and it looks like a party gone wrong. Dean finds a dead guy on the floor. Sam turns on the lights, Dean rolls the body over, and the guy has a huge cut in his neck. Yeah, it looks like his throat was slit. Sam's freaking out that he did it, and Dean's trying to calm him down. So he's like, hey, if you did it, there's a very good reason. Just relax. Yeah, this guy could have been a major butthead or something like that. We just don't know. Well, he isn't, because after a quick peek around the, the guy's house with the lights turned on, they realize he's a hunter. Yeah, they're able to get into a closet where he had all his... Uh, weapons and notes and things like that so you know dean makes the about well this is either the unabomber or the guy's a hunter but of course we know that just by looking at the stuff that he has on this this closet wall um he's definitely a hunter yeah they uh, take a peek at the security footage and clearly sam attacks the guy and cuts his throat clearly sam did it sam starts to freak out whoopsie doodles <laughs> my bad <laughs> Uh, Dean is freaking out also at this point, too, that uh, you killed a hunter and other hunters are going to come kill the thing that killed the hunter. Exactly. So Dean wanted to make sure they wiped off all their prints, cleaned off whatever they could, get rid of the security camera footage. Right before that, though, Dean mentioned something about a letter. Did you pick up on that? Well, Sam was sitting at this guy's desk. Yeah, well, and he's reading a letter or something. I, all of that went right over my head. Well, it was a letter to this guy from his daughter. So they knew that the guy had a daughter. Looked like she was away in college because when I read a little bit the letter that they showed, it said something about her new roommate. And I think Sam did make something mentioned about a daughter in college. But anyway, so. Oh, so that's why he's freaking out. He not only killed a hunter, but killed someone's dad. Right, exactly. Oh, this is depressing. Very depressing. Um. Dean asks Sam to wipe the computer, and Sam is kind of slow at it, so Dean just smashes the computer. By the way, smashing a computer is not a reliable method of getting rid of the data on that computer. Did you know that? I, yes, I did assume that was correct. <laughs> but I think what he did, what I think he smashed was the, um, the video player where they were playing the security footage, because Dean told Sam to wipe that, too. Not just to, not to wipe the computer, but to wipe the security footage. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have just easily taken whatever tape it was recorded to. but Yeah, like, I don't know why they didn't just grab the computers and the tapes and put them in the trunk of the car and the first bridge they drive over, pitch it all into the river. Exactly. But, you know, more fun to smash things, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, but just a word out there. If you have sensitive data on your computer, smashing it will not remove it necessarily. This is true. You got to smash the right parts. Or the right people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, they get back to the hotel room, and we see that they've checked into a fish-themed hotel room this time. Dean wants to get some sleep before they split town. He's like, we got to, you know, let's recharge our batteries, refresh, and we got to get the hell out of Dodge. Sam is still freaked out and in shock. I mean, the whole look on his face, the demeanor um, the actor did here was pretty good. Yeah, because Sam, once again, mentions that he thinks this is what John was warning them about. He says lately he's been feeling a lot of rage and hatred and says he needs to kill him before he hurts anyone else or, you know, he goes after another hunter or whatever he seems to be doing when he's not remembering things. Well, specifically, he's worried that the yellow-eyed demon has control over him now. Exactly. That somehow, yeah, somehow he's controlling him through his psychic ability or something like that. Yeah, uh, Dean says there must be a way to avoid all of this and uh, not have to kill Sam to <laughs> avoid the situation. Uh, Dean says he can't shoot Sam. He'd rather die himself. Uh, at this point, then Sam attacks Dean. And in my head, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, he Because we just him saw Sam, like, on the ground in a puddle. <laughs> and now he's got the rage virus. <laughs> Maybe it's that Croatoan virus coming back to haunt him. Croatoan virus? Yeah, that episode, Croatoan. Oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. Where Sam was immune to it. Gotcha. Yeah, it has a long incubation delay, <laughs> Weeks instead of hours. All right, I think it goes to commercial. We come back from commercial, we hear a knock on the door. Um, because uh, Dean gets knocked out. I, I, it just goes black when Sam attacks. So we hear a knock on the door, and it's the manager, and he's kicking Dean out of the hotel because <laughs> he's got another couple that needs to use the room, <laughs> the fish-themed room. Which is weird because wouldn't like that manager should have had like the you know the cart with the towels and sheets and everything. He's just throwing one person out and another person's gonna move in. Gross. That is pretty gross, but you know it was a hooker and a John, so it's not like they really give a shit. I <laughs> uh, learns the manager tells him though like you got to pay for some another day. I mean probably another hour or two <laughs> the way that hotel seemed. Uh, and the manager lets him know, hey, your uh, buddy took off with your car, left you here. Dean needs to use the uh, manager's computer. I don't know how we got the manager to agree to that. Because uh, the manager seemed really put off by him to begin with. Yes, but you must have been typing and not looking at the screen when you saw the manager flipping through a bunch of 20s. So Dean obviously paid him oh, to okay. use the computer. I did not see that. That's, That's why you're on the job here, too. That is correct. Dean uh, uses Sam's phone's GPS tracking system and tracked him down to Duluth. These guys are putting miles on their cars. If they're going from Minis into somewhere in Minnesota to Duluth from West Texas. Yeah, that's right. They were West Texas. That's the last time I remember. They ended up wherever he was. I can't remember. Something Lake. The miles these guys put on that car. Yeah. It's an older car, too. You've got to repack the bearings with grease and stuff. It's not like it it's isn't like a modern car. Not fuel efficient, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Another good question. Where do they put all the gasoline? All right. So where's where am I at in my notes? Um, track Sam's phone to Duluth. Tracked him down. Yep. 
We uh, see Sam showing up at a bar, and Joe's working there. He does my favorite thing of all time. He orders a beer. <laughs> and Joe gives him a beer. A beer. <laughs> <laughs> the generic supernatural beer. It's not just supernatural. Every movie or whatever you, you watch, it's like a beer, and magically it's just the one they want, it appears. Now, at this point in my notes, I start referring to this character as Evil Sam because his entire demeanor, his facial expression, even how his hair is slicked back, makes him look evil. It really he does. looks maniacal. He does look very maniacal, I agree. So I'm going to start calling him Evil Sam <laughs> so that people realize that these are kind of two different characters living in the same body. Evil Stan Sam starts hounding Joe about her liking Dean and says that Dean doesn't like her in that way. Uh, and uh, Sam says that he cares about her and he's coming off as a real creepy jerk right now. Yeah, he's putting the creep moves on her, that's for sure. Uh, it doesn't take long. Evil Sam attacks Joe, grabs her by the neck and smashes her face into the bar, knocks her out. And Evil Sam is still looking and acting super creepy. <laughs> And you forgot to mention, though, before he did that, she notices some sort of brand on Sam's arm. Ah, uh, yes, yes. We do see that Sam has a brand. Yeah. And he also apologized for John's part in her father's death. Yeah, he goes into this whole, tells a whole backstory about how her dad died. Was that here? Oh, that's, that's here in just a second. Yeah, that's later. Uh, Evil Dean is tying up Joe, and then Joe realizes... You're, and says, you're not Sam. She knows something's up and he's not himself. It's yep. then that uh, Joe talks about the job that John and Joe's dad did where uh, Joe's dad, Bill, got killed. Right. Um, he said, you know, John said that the demon killed your dad, but the demon didn't kill your dad. He just sounded like he wanted them pretty badly because your dad was holding his guts in and, and John shot him in the head to put him out of his misery. Also here, Evil Sam is talking about Bill's death in like the third person. Kind of like he was there and saw it happen. Do you notice that? His yes. verbiage? Yeah, he, he had a lot of knowledge about what happened, almost as if he witnessed the whole thing. Yeah, I should say he talked about Bill's death in the first person, not the third person. Yeah, <laughs> I should have said first person. Uh, at this point, though, Dean breaks uh, into the bar, kicks the door in or something like that, and has a gun drawn on Sam immediately. At this point... Sam begs him to shoot him because he can't stop being Evil Dean. Evil Sam. Evil Sam. Uh, my notes, I got Evil and Dean next to each other without a period and a space. <laughs> he can't stop being Evil. Dean tosses holy water on Sam and it burns him. Evil Sam runs away. So at this point, we know that he was possessed by a demon. Well, Joe yells, he, he was possessed. And I'm just thinking, no shit. She didn't yell that he was possessed. She, it was a question. He was possessed? She oh, I thought he, she said it as a statement. No, no, it was a question. Oh, okay. I wasn't reading the closed caption to see what punctuation that sentence had. So Dean tracks Evil Sam into a basement, and they both start to jawjack with each other and playing hide-and-seek. It wasn't a basement. It was a warehouse because the bar was on a wharf. They were by water. Okay. Evil Sam says that he did it to see if Dean would kill Sam. Evil Sam wants to kill more hunters. Yep, he's going to kill Dean, a lot of other hunters. Um, 
Evil Sam then slips outside. Dean follows. Dean looks around, can't find him at first, but Evil Sam pops up behind him and shoots him in the shoulder. Dean falls into the water on the wharf and vanishes, so Evil Sam figures he's dead. Next we see Joe. She's outside calling for Dean, looking around for him, and Joe finds Dean, uh, like, down underneath the dock in some pier area. I don't know. It looked like a boat ramp. It, it all looks very wet and dark and yeah. at night. <laughs> And by, I, well, if they're in Duluth, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're on Lake Superior, right? Probably, yes. Um, you know, they're, <laughs> what was the name of the bar? Was it like the Crab Shack or, no, or it was, a wharf or? I can't remember the name Big of Big Eddie's Wharf or something? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, man. Somewhere where Margaret Gray gets booked to sing. Who dat? <laughs> uh Oh, where? Man, I keep looking away and then I lose my notes. Well, after she found Dean, she takes him to the bar, um, gets the bullet out, patches him up. Yeah. Joe asks then, do demons, she says demons lie, but do they tell the truth sometimes? Dean says, yeah, if they know it'll mess with your head. So that all gets really depressing too, because now we do know that John shot Joe's dad. And Yeah, and that he died. He died he, holding his guts in. Yeah, died a horrible death pretty much. Ugh. Well, at this point, though, uh, Dean figures uh, Sam is heading, evil Sam is heading to South Dakota since he's off to kill hunters, and that's the next closest hunter. Joe wants to go with, but Dean says no, and that he will tie her back up, just like evil Sam had her tied up, if she tries to follow. Now, at this point of us watching this episode, Penny, yes, you yelled out, you know who's in South Dakota? And he didn't give me a chance to respond. And you're like, Bobby! And I'm like, spoiler alert! <laughs> At least let me think about it and come up with the answer. <laughs> or So I thought you knew that he lives in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. No, I didn't, actually. Okay, I'm sorry. But well, it yeah. makes sense. I mean, he's the other popular hunter that we know. Is there any other hunters so far in the show that we've seen? No, no, just, just Gordon. The one that always wants to kill Sam. He's the only hunter that... Yeah, that, 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 that one dude. Yeah, Gordon, I remember. Gordon, who got arrested for <laughs> kidnapping Dean and all that fun right, stuff. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Gordon now. Because um, he plays uh, Randall. Randall. On This Is Us. Oh, okay. Randall Gordon. Randall Gordon. <laughs> That's what we'll call him from now on. Uh, so I think... Uh, okay, so then after that, Dean is... Uh, goes to commercial. We see Dean calling on his cell phone, and then we see, <laughs> this is a real cheesy shot. We see Dean calling on his cell phone, then we see, like, the outside of a house and a telephone line, and just someone with a hand with a knife reaches up and cuts it, and then the hand slips back down out of frame, and it's like, okay, come on. That was a dumb shot. Whose hand was that? It was Sam's. Well, we know it was Sam's hand, but in reality, when they shot that, it was probably just the cameraman's hand. Just like, oh, we need this one last shot. Nobody's around. All right, here we go. I'll just film this. <laughs> there, my hand could cut it. Uh, but what's all? What's even sillier than that shot that's like out of a 1950s mystery movie uh, is the fact that when the phone line gets cut, Dean's cell phone stops ringing and is like, hey, that's not how phone lines work. No, you're right. His phone, his phone would have kept ringing on his end, even though Bobby's line was. Yeah, cut. the number rings at the exchange. 
It isn't your own phone in your house sending back that signal to make your end go ding-a-ling. <laughs> so it's like, uh, someone doesn't know how technology works. But we see that Sam shows up at Bobby. Bobby lets him in. Bobby asks where Dean's at. And uh, Sam says, ah, he's with a 12-pack and a girl. Bobby uh, says, hey, let's grab some beers. Sam grabs a beer, starts drinking it. And he starts burning instantly in, in a lot of pain. Seems there was holy water in that beer. So Bobby brews up his own beer because it was capped when he gave it to him, too. So Bobby must be brewing up his own holy beer to hand out to passing people to just test. I didn't notice it was, whether it was uncapped or not. I thought Sam opened. I mean, I thought it was already open. Bobby took him out of the fridge and opened them both. That's what I saw. Right, but we didn't see then what he did from that time. We didn't see he him. He walked from the kitchen into and handed it to him. Uh, we'll have to look at that again. You know, like it really matters in the story. I just think Bobby's out back brewing beer. <laughs> he could be. You never know. Um, so yeah, uh, Bobby was suspicious. Um, what do you say? You can't uh, con a con man or something like that. Yeah, I th- honestly, I think Bobby brews this stuff up and. Always has it on tap because he says, hey, it's got holy water in it. If Sam drank it, he'd be fine. Only demons drinking it is it going to screw with. So I think he's always got that on tap to everyone that walks in his house gets a holy beer. Probably right. That would be smart. A smart thing for him to do is to make sure that no one is possessed by a demon. Well, it kills two birds with one stone. You look like an amazing host (laughs) to always have cold beer on tap for your guests. You ever go over to someone's house and they don't have anything to drink or they never offer you anything? All the time. I hate that. I mean, because when people come here, I am on the spot. I'm like, you need a cocktail? You need this? You need that? You know, whatever. I'm always. Well, back in the day, need a cocktail. Nowadays, do you need water or soda? Yeah, that's true. Not cocktails anymore, but. Um, Yeah, that is weird when you go to people's houses and they don't. What's even weirder then is when you go to their house and they offer you something to drink and it's warm and they don't own ice. Your family is notorious for not owning ice. Oh, my God. It's so simple. You put this thing in And they look at us like we're nuts. You put this thing with water in it and a freezer and, whew, ice. It's like the concept never occurred to them. Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is we do know that uh, some of your family is a subscriber. So we'll see if that gets back to you. Oh, they know how I feel about the whole ice situation. <laughs> they do think we're a little nutty when we go up there and get angry at them for all of their bad hosting skills. Okay, so uh, we uh, goes to commercial then. We see Sam getting burned up by the holy water beer, the holy beer. And uh, goes to commercial. Come back from commercial, we see evil Sam waking up. Dean is now there standing next to Bobby. And Sam looks up and he's under a demon trap. That's the right word for that, right? Devil's trap. Devil's trap. All right. Evil Sam starts talking smack to Dean. Dean splashes him with a bucket of holy water. And Bobby starts an exorcism. At this point, I'm like, wow, this episode's ending quick. Well, evil Sam starts to laugh maniacally. (laughs) (laughs) When, When Dean suggests that there is some sort of master plan. Because they're jawjacking back and forth. Dean's like, you'll never get away with your evil plans. Well, there really is no plan other than just to keep killing all you people. Sam starts chanting in Latin to himself. 
and stirs up a windstorm inside of Bobby's house. Bobby sees uh, on Sam's arm that brand and lets Dean know, hey, that's a binding link. That keeps a spirit locked inside of a body. There's not much we can do about it. Yeah, he's, that's why the exorcism didn't work, because of the fact that he had that binding link in there. And so as, you know, Sam's doing this chanting, yeah, the, the house kind of rumbles and the devil's trap on the ceiling, it cracks. So now the demon inside of Sam is at full power. He's at patent pending. Yeah, evil Sam's got full rage virus, leaps up, starts beating the hell out of Dean. Dean figures out during this fight that it's the Meg Demon that's inside of Sam. And the Meg Demon still has a pretty big grudge against Dean <laughs> for sending him, sending it back to hell. Yeah. It was not very nice. You know, it talks about hell. You know, hell is like hell, even for demons. Oh, by the way, John says hi. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, Bobby sneaks up behind though while all this is going on, all this dialogue is going on and fighting. Bobby sneaks up behind and uh, burns him with a hot poker that was in his fire, I guess. And at that point, once that brand is overbranded, rebranded, however it, you want to put it, yeah, it was burnt up. Yeah, the demon smokes out of the mouth and flies up the chimney. Uh, I'll let you do this next part since this was your favorite part of the episode, I feel. What? Was Sam wakes up goes, did I miss anything? And then Dean punches him. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Goes to commercial, comes back. To final commercial break. Bobby asks, hey, you guys happen to know a Steve Wandell? And Dean's like, nope. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> Bobby's like, well, just want to let you know he got killed. And his friends are going to be looking for whoever uh, killed him. And they're not going to stop and uh, figure out why he ended up dead. So you guys might... No, no, not you guys. Whoever they are, they might want to get going. Yeah, might want to hit their own. So Bobby, I mean, Bobby clearly, like, it's a wink and a nod here that Bobby knows that they killed that dude or that evil Sam killed him and that they need to split town. Bobby gives them some charms. And these are like legits off of charm bracelets. It just looked like a little pewter leaf or something he gave them. Yeah, I didn't really get a good look at it, but it was supposed to protect them against demon possession. So as long as they wore those, they didn't have to worry about demons getting all up inside of them again. Yeah, Bobby put it that weird way. You don't have to worry about them getting all up inside you again. <laughs> it's like, whoa, is this prison or what? <laughs> um, well, now they're driving into the night again. So, I don't know, 12 hours later or whatever. Dean asks if Sam is okay. And Sam reveals that he was awake for some of it. And it really bugs him that he was so evil and that Dean didn't shoot him. And Dean explains, hey, I promised to kill you if I couldn't save you, but saving you will be the last thing I do. Yep. So, um, yeah, Dean's like, you know, Dad just warned me. He said, if you can't save Sam, you might have to shoot him, but I'm going to do my damnedest to, to save you as much as I possibly can. So it doesn't have to come to that. Yeah, there's a really uh, real, I don't know, Sophie's Choice, Catch-22. <laughs> one of those phrases fits, I'm sure. Where he's supposed to kill him if he turns evil, but it doesn't sound like he ever will. Probably not. And then, of course, Gene makes a joke as, dude, you had a girl inside you for a whole week. <laughs> because they assume the Mac Demon is female. But 
I don't know if demons have a a sexual orientation. Sorry, yeah, I think they're just whatever whatever human they're they just possess. Pansexuals. Yeah, they're. I mean, spirits don't have any genitalia. Genitalia. <laughs> Look at Ken doll down there, man. I'm telling you. Have you not seen? <laughs> yeah, dogma. dogma. <laughs> yeah, we learned that there are Ken dolls. <laughs> uh, pretty fun episode. I mean, we get to see Evil Dean, Jared Padalecki, Evil Sam. God damn! How do I always keep saying that? Uh, Jared Padalecki, that's the uh, actor's name, right? Yes, it is. Did an excellent job in uh, looking like a shell-shocked, traumatized turtle for the first third of this show and then looking like a rage-filled, evil bastard for the uh, second half. And then back to his normal self for the final three minutes. Yeah, especially he did a really creepy when he was with Joe. It was like, I mean, when he first attacked her, I was like, oh, my God, is he going to rape her or what? But yeah. yeah. Just bangs her head against the bar and knocks her out. Yeah, pretty disturbing. A lot of guys attacking women in this show lately. The last episode, we had that dude with his knife and attack that woman in the car. That's true. Well, you know, but Sam and Dean are always there to save the day. Yeah, I guess so. But these women still have to live with the trauma. That is true. You know, that is true. I, I don't think Joe's going to trust to be in the bar alone for a while. In the creepy wharf bar. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> Where Margaret Gray just got off stage. That's a reference that's only going to be funny to about me and you. <laughs> Margaret Gray is this lady that this guy books into all of these just dive wharf bars, and they all got names like the Clam Bucket, <laughs> the Sea Slag. <laughs> All terrible wharf names for bars. Are there really wharf bars like that? Because that was a big thing. Wharf bar, speaking of, and R.C. Collins, speaking of, um, Dark Shadows. Half of that show happened at a wharf bar. I just remember whenever I watched that show, it was in their creepy mansion. Yeah, there's a creepy mansion, and then the wharf bar, I think, was called the Blue Whale. I don't remember. That, they, uh, that the townsfolk and the mansion folk hung out in? I don't know. That was a fun show. Did you like Dark Shadows? It was okay. I mean, back then I wasn't really, in, I wasn't into soaps. I wasn't into the whole Dracula thing. So, I mean, I, I've only seen an episode or two or the, here or there. Plus, it was, really what I saw was, I don't think it was like still on the air or like reruns. Reruns, yeah. Yeah. So were they in the color or black and white? Black and white. Because they switched over at some point to color, I think, on that show, right? I think so. They but didn't the, keep it black and white into the 70s. But the episodes I saw were, were black and white. Oh, I really like that show. I like that nice, creepy um, atmosphere, I guess you could say, and yeah, a bunch of weirdness always running around. Mm -hmm. Those are good to watch, you know, late at night. And you're wide awake and want to watch something, but not get too excited about much, <laughs> if that makes sense. Speaking of watching something late at night, I was sitting here at home alone last night because Dan was with his little buddies. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching Unex The Unexplained, hosted by William Shatner. And they're going through like evil places and cryptids and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, this is like the dumbest thing to watch before I go to bed. <laughs> oh, do you have nightmares on it then? Surprisingly, no, but I usually do. That's good. Yeah, surprisingly I didn't. I don't know. I used to have nightmares all the time as a kid. Not really anymore. I rarely wake up screaming anymore. 
Except at a dog laying on my face or something. <laughs> He's screaming, but you can't hear it because the dog's on his face. Muffled screams <laughs> underneath of Nala's fat belly. Oh, poor Okay, anything else on this episode? No, that's about it. Oh, hey, you believe in evil spirits. Yes. And they can possess people, right? I think they can. Can the correct phrase in Latin make that evil spirit leap out of the body? That I don't think so. I don't know. That's what I, I always wondered. Like, do, how do all these spirits know Latin? It's a dead language. You put your head down, but I'm, I'm like, it's an honest question. Do you know why? Demons are very old. They know all the languages. It's not like, hey, I was raised in the United States, so I only know English. They Well, what if you had a demon from Asia? They wouldn't know Latin. They'd be speaking Mandarin or something. They didn't speak Latin in China in the year zero. No, but it's an old... They know all the languages. Okay. I'm just saying spirits, no matter what language, they're going to know it. Okay. They somehow communicate and know all of it telepathically. Possibly. I don't know. To enable their communications. One of their superpowers. Yes, one of their superpowers. Okay, well, then... You, oh, but you don't know if a Latin phrase could exercise a demon. Now, if a Latin phrase could exercise a demon, then would a phrase in Spanish or Portuguese or English work just as well? I think that it would. I don't think you necessarily have to use Latin. Okay. But, you know, that's, that's the Catholic thing. You know, yeah. That's, they're Latin heavy and in their exorcisms and last rite ceremonies and stuff like that. It's always in Latin, so... Yeah, 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 definitely. That's where that comes from. That's more a Catholic dogma than anything. Interesting. Okay, so we don't have to worry about the demons uh, signing up for Rosetta Stone. No, they're, they're all well-versed. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Their credit cards would probably be all stolen anyways. Yeah. Rosetta Stone doesn't need that in their bank account. <laughs> okay, uh, what's the name of the next episode, um, episode 15 is called Tall Tales. Oh, cool. I love Tall Tales. Paul Bunyan in it? Babe the Blue Ox? I don't believe so. Mm. Bummer. <laughs> Maybe it's El Chupacabra. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was like a thing in American literature for a while. Stories that were like way the hell over the top. Yeah, Paul Bunyan and all that stuff. Paul Bunyan, yeah, who would, like, chop down a forest with one swing of an axe. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Johnny Appleseed was actually a real guy, but I think there's tall tales about him. He just wandered around and threw seeds on the ground for 30 years. He's actually a businessman that <laughs> rode around and set up orchards and uh, farms, and then he was the supplier for the farmers. Hey. He did wander around barefoot, though, but he died a very, very rich man by getting all these farmers in place and then being their supplier Yay, for products. For I don't know how dirty capitalist because <laughs> he got such a good name in the Apple community. <laughs> I don't know how that works. All right. Well, if that's all we got. That is all we have. That's all I have anyway. 
Nito Bandito. Okay, well, I know you don't like to mix too much stuff, but I want to watch Evil Dead. Can we talk a little bit about Evil Dead on our next episode? Oh my God, we started watching. We're not going to go through the whole story, like no, we do but we no, no, no. We started watching the '80s version, and it sucks so bad. I, I'm like, oh, dude, I'd rather stick a poker in my eye than have to watch this. No, it's going to get better. We got to get we got to get into the Ash universe. There's a whole army of the dead and like this is the basis. This is This is Friday the 13th 1 before you actually get into the good movies later on in the series. Okay, I'll take your word for it, but I was not impressed. All right. Well, tune in at our next episode to see if Penny is impressed by the second half of Evil Dead. Probably not, but I'll try. I'll go at it with an open mind and hope like hell that Dan is right. With an open heart and an empty stomach, we bid you adieu. In the words of my uncle. I like cuisine. <laughs> you triggered me there. I remembered that. <laughs> with an open heart and an empty stomach, I say unto you. All right, fabulous we got a website, coupleofidgets.com. Head on over there. You can find out all the information on how to get a hold of us on Facebook, which is, we got a little group over there called Armchair Hunters. We'd love to talk to you over there. And we stream at, to a lot of places. Um, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn. I think there's something else there. But we also have just the raw XML feed. So whatever you use to listen to podcasts, you should be able to plug in our web or our show and listen to it. Of course, we're only talking to people that are hanging out with other people that are already listening to it. Because <laughs> we got to catch 22 here. Well, how am I telling people how to listen to it if they're not listening to it? That's true. You know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, advertise, yeah, advertise, advertise. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Just instead of a political sign in your yard, just put a big sign that says, listen to the pigeons. <laughs> So you can, that's how you can support democracy in the year 2020. <laughs> All right, that's it for us today. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right, have a good day. Bye. Bye.